The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Prepare yourself to ingest current events, pop culture, and politics with a side of Latin flair. Vices. I don't have to show you any stinking vices. This is the Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. A somewhat breaking news uh, the last half hour. Scaramucci at the White House. Out. Uh, <laughs> we'll probably hear a good deal of that in the flip around coming up with the Chris Salcedo Show. Glad you have tuned in, everybody. I, well, suffice it to say, that's pretty dang quick. It, my understanding from a first glance at this is that uh, General Kelly taking over as Chief of Staff made this call and that is the reason why we are seeing it happen right now um several sources are on this and we will do our best to cover it for you here on the chris salcedo show meantime telephone numbers 888-933-9393-888-900-3393 if you want to get in touch with the program uh, on social media please jump on twitter at chris salcedo tx at chris S-A-L-C-E-D-O-T-X, as in Texas. Also catch the show live, blaze.com slash radio. Blaze Radio smartphone app, iHeartRadio app. On Facebook, The Chris Salcedo Show. There's a handy-dandy email link for you there as well. On-demand listening, SoundCloud, iTunes, and Stitcher. And go to theblaze.com and the channels section. Apparently, our discussion about John McCain and his betrayal of not only... Republicans, not only of uh, those being harmed by Obamacare, which is nearly everybody, at least a good 85% of the country, just a betrayal of the value system allegedly the Republicans are said to value was John McCain. And a lot of you reacted to that on the the blaze.com channels section. Okay, so... Scaramucci is out from what we're being told, and this was a decision by the incoming General Kelly as the, and I guess the president's going to make some remarks about this, but what is the first, when you, when you heard me say it, what was the first reaction? Chaos. Absolute bedlam inside of the White House. And I think this was by design, ladies and gentlemen, as Turns out that Trump trusted, because he's a political newcomer, trusted a lot of folks he probably shouldn't have trusted. So as a result, uh, trying to find out where the leaks had come, all-consuming effort at the White House to purge these folks. I think they may have, they may have found them, but Scaramucci, and I'm hearing... I'm hearing some other scuttlebutt from from White House insiders I'm not going to share about Mr. Scaramucci because I can't confirm it. Um, But Scaramucci has some baggage, too, that may have compromised the White House. And I think that it's well known. uh, I mean, the the tweets aside, the uh, ranting to the New Yorker aside, that Mr. Scaramucci was... Even though a house cleaner, even though many folks like me liked him, I think that uh, General Kelly said, okay, it's time for the drama to stop. 
It's time for a real agenda and the agenda of the American people to take center stage instead of all of this turmoil. And that's why the decision was made. Let's go to uh, Fox's coverage of Scaramucci and the speech the president's about ready to give. More money in a tax break to the middle class and to investment uh, people who make their living off of investment income. They want to they want to slash that to below 20 percent as well. And you wouldn't get argument from many people in the middle class nor on the Democratic side to increase taxes on the wealthiest individuals. And again, this is people making $5 million and above. So that may be a ploy to, to get some sort of bipartisan support here on the idea of tax reform. Uh, though I will say that Steve Bannon is probably an, an army of one when it comes to a, a tax increase, to, even on the wealthiest American chef. John, stay with us. Let's turn to the Washington Post reporter, Amber Phillips, who's live with us this afternoon as well. It, did it yes, let's go to the Washington Post because you know, they're fair and objective. Let's not. Uh, Doc Thompson joining me right now happens to be uh, milling around smartly around the Blaze Studios here. Hey, Doc. Hey uh, there. Excited to get a little extra work done today? Yeah, this is just crazy right now with Scaramucci. <laughs> I mean, this is, this is so sudden that Mike Flynn was like, damn, that was quick. I, know. I mean, seriously, this is, I mean, it's a good thing if, if General Kelly is stepping up and saying we got to do some things, I guess that could be a good thing, but this does not look good. This, I'm not even pointing, pointing fingers, who's at fault. It just is, it's turmoil right now. And what's iron, ironic about this is here comes Scaramucci. He cleans house. He gets rid of Spicer. He gets rid of the RNC guys. He gets rid of Priebus. Priebus is the alleged leaker, or some of his higher-up subordinates are the alleged leakers. They are forced out. He brings in General Kelly, and General Kelly says, okay, Scaramucci's out. Right. <laughs> so, I, I... So, so then you have to say, what is, um, what's coming next? We still don't know what's going on with Jeff Sessions. And Rex Tillerson, to a lesser degree, has been, his name has been thrown about as somebody who is not the happiest and could leave. Um, are, are, does that slow down Jeff Sessions leaving, either because he wants to or he gets fired? Or does it acerbate it? Does, does it not affect it at all? Well, you know, I'm, I, I've heard just the opposite about Tillerson, who I've never really been a big fan of. Actually, I shouldn't say a big fan. That I was never, I always thought John Bolton belonged in that role. Uh, but now there is, they're, they're banding about the, the name Nikki Haley from the, uh, the UN ambassador. Right. Former governor of South Carolina put her in there because she seems to be more of a, of a pit bull that that State Department needs, not uh, uh, political doublespeak that Mr. Tillerson seems to excel in. Well, and it's, the good news is they do have a deep bench when it comes to that because there are some people, that, like you said, Nikki Haley, that could slide in quickly. But that does set back any agenda or anything the White House is trying to do for quite a while. Well, I don't see. And again, I don't know because it seems okay. that the White House has been at odds with Rex Tillerson, mm -hmm. that Rex Tillerson's trying to push an agenda that is at odds with the Trump agenda. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's th that's what I'm hearing is the reason why he may be out because he wants to run things his way mm -hmm. and wants to actually you know, and i'm sure it goes through his mind i you know this guy's a political novice and i want to help him out and uh uh and and uh temper him but that's not the way donald trump operates and he he needs people that are that that have i don't know shall we say sold out to the trump agenda meaning i'm i'm going to check i'm going to check my agenda at the door but i and i think that's been the trump problem is he's trusted a lot of folks who have wanted to go in there and fix him. Uh, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Priebus, mm -hmm. Spicer, uh, Tillerson, I think, may may uh, be somewhat guilty of this. 
And Trump doesn't want to be handled. He, he says, I set the agenda. You're either with me or get out. And that's that may be the reason why there's such turnaround. And, he, and people go in there, oh, yeah, I'm with you, I'm with you, I'm with you. And they get in, they start making changes and start oper- uh, being independent actors. And maybe that's what we're seeing. Yeah, I don't, I don't know where they're going with this right now, but uh, it's not looking great. I know Trump is making his way in and is going to speak any second now and uh, yeah. hopefully address this stuff. But if you're just tuning us, Scaramucci is being asked to, to leave. Yeah, uh, President, we've just been given the one-minute warning here. The President's making his way up to the podium right now. And as he does, we will uh, bring it to you live here on the Chris Salcedo Show on The Blaze. So so uh, in the next uh, 30 seconds or so, Doc, why don't you give me, um, just, just, not, not as, as a talk show host, as a, politi- uh, a, a politico, just give me your impression as an American, seeing what's happening, Congress, the White House. Give one, me your overall description. One, one question. How does this... And more in particularly, how does what Congress is doing or not doing help the American people that they say they're trying to help? Americans need help. How does it help? How does it how does it empower, uh, shall we say, Americans to help themselves? Yep. The forgotten. Whoever those forgotten are. There's a there's a debate that we're probably going to have on on one of the local shows, one of my local shows about Medicaid funding for the state of Texas. Mm hmm. And the, the idea is, well, we're going to raid a, a rainy day fund to get that Medicaid money that's needed. I go, why don't you guys come up with a plan to get, to get those people who rely on that Medicaid funding off of government dependence? How about that's, that? a real, that's a real plan. Why don't we make a one-time investment to wean people off? Why don't you come up with a plan that does not entail government who, who was likely responsible for shall we say, ruining it to begin with. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't involve government. How do you empower the people instead of empowering government? So that, and that's, that's a question. Uh, you're, you're right. That's what they should all be asking. Yeah, but Whether I they don't, will or not, we'll see. I don't, I don't get that impression. All right. Uh, why, uh, the White House, we go now. Thank you, Doc. Appreciate you uh, chiming in. Uh, and it looks like there's an introduction here for the President of the United States. Guys, let's stay with it as long as we possibly can. It's live here at the Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze. For the gift of this day, of this time, and for all living lives devoted in service to you and to our country. Our hearts are especially grateful today for the courage, honor, and extraordinary service of Specialist James McLuhan, whose repeated acts of bravery convey to us a true understanding of the value of life. As his service demonstrates your faithfulness and unconditional love for all humanity, we ask you, Lord, continue to inspire and guide others to their own acts of selfless service. And grant us all now... The invocation right now before the president speaks as the president is about to award the Medal of Honor to a former army medic who saved several lives in the Vietnam conflict. Amen. Thank you very much. Please be seated. Thank you, Chaplain Hurley. Secretary Mnuchin, Secretary Mattis, Secretary Shulkin, Senator Stabenow, Congressman Upton, and members of the Armed Forces, thank you for joining us as we award our nation's highest military honor to Specialist 5, James C. McLuhan. 
Today, we pay tribute to a veteran who went above and beyond the call of duty to protect our comrades, our country, and our freedom. Folks, I got to get to a break here because I'm a little bit over. Um, we will continue to monitor this and see what happens if the president addresses this. I don't know this is the particular venue where he would take questions from the press regarding internal White House uh, goings on as he is awarding the highest, as you heard, the highest honor uh, to an Army medic. Back in a minute, the Chris Salcedo Show on The Blaze. Keep up with the Chris Salcedo Show on Facebook and on Twitter at Chris Salcedo TX. Just another way to stay in touch with Chris on the Blaze Radio Network. Chris Salcedo is on the Blaze Radio Network. All right, the president is still speaking um, in this uh, McLuhan, this uh, Sergeant McLuhan, who is receiving highest uh, highest military honor uh, from the president. And we will um, we'll continue to monitor it after he awards, uh, gives the award. He's telling the story of his heroic valor which is actually something that is uh something that the country i believe needs a true and honest hero um bef- <laughs> unlike what we saw on display on the floor of the senate last week from john mccain and don't worry folks i'm, I'm not i'm not going to we posted an awful lot about this because it prompted a lot of introspection not only in and what I'm doing here on the radio every day, but what the Republican Party is doing. So let's uh, let's continue to listen as the president of the United States talks about James McLuhan and uh, his heroics in the Vietnam War. Soldiers intended to countless others. He was one of 32 men who fought until the end. They held their ground against more than 2,000 enemy troops. Jim, I know I speak for every person here when I say that we are in awe of your actions and your bravery. But let me tell you one thing and one more story about Jim. On the second day of that bloody fight, Jim found a few soldiers and a fellow soldier who had been shot badly in the stomach. He knew the soldier wouldn't make it if he flung him on the back. So he lifted him up and carried him in his arms. As Jim was carrying the soldier, a thought flashed through his mind. Although Jim had always been very close to his father, he realized that it was not since he had been a young boy that he had told his dad those three very simple but beautiful words, I love you. In that moment, Jim offered up a prayer. He asked God, if you get me out of this hell on earth so I can tell my dad I love him, I'll be the best coach and the best father you could ever ask for. As he prayed, a great peace came over him. And if it was God's will for him to live, 
He'd keep his promise to God as soon as he had the chance. Jim made it out of that hell on earth. He made it. Here he is. And the first thing he did when he arrived back on American soil was to say those beautiful words. I love you, Dad. I love you. Jim said those words over and over again for the next 22 years until the last time he saw his father, the night before his dad passed on. Today, I'd venture to say his dad is the proudest father in heaven. Jim fought with all of the love and courage in his soul. He was prepared to lay down his life so his brothers in arms could live theirs. With us today are 10 of the men who fought alongside Jim and five of those he saved. To Bill, Randy, Mike, Joe, Kent, Robert, John, Charles, Michael, Orestes, thank you for your service and your sacrifice. Stand up wherever you may be. Where are you? Where are you? President Trump awarding the Medal of Honor to James McCullen, Vietnam War veteran. Thank you, fellas. That's great. For over two centuries, our brave men and women in uniform have overcome tyranny, fascism, communism, and every threat to our freedom. Every single threat they've overcome. And we've overcome these threats because of titans like Jim, whose spirit could never be conquered. That's what this award is, and Jim's life represents so well. America's unbreakable spirit. It's been 48 years since Jim's battle in Vietnam. He is now a husband, a father, and a grandfather. He coached high school, football, wrestling, and baseball for 38 years, just like he said he would. And he brought together every member he could find of his beloved Charlie Company. To many people in this room, Specialist 5 McLuhan has always been their friend, Jim. To others, he's been coach. To those who bravely served with him in Vietnam, he's still called their duck. To his parents, Scotty and Margaret, both watching from heaven, he will always be their son. But today, 320 million grateful American hearts Private McLuhan carries one immortal title, and that title is Hero. Specialist 5 McLuhan, we honor you, we salute you, and with God as your witness, we thank you for what you did for all of us. Now I would like the military aide to come forward and read the citation. Perfect timing. Uh, he is getting his award, the Medal of Honor. And uh, here it is, live on the Chris Salcedo Show. Up next, we'll talk McCain, folks, and the Republican betrayal.
Chris Salcedo Show. We'll be right back. The Blaze Radio Network. Chris Salcedo Show. All right, the president has wrapped up his uh, his awarding of the Medal of Honor to James McCullen. And seeing as how this speech interrupted the flip around, we can see if our friends over at Fox or maybe at MSNBS or CNN have got any more information. I can tell you that during the breaks, we've been reading up a little bit on this, and it seems that everybody is in consensus that um, that Scaramucci was dismissed at the behest of General Kelly. And he wanted to make sure things were on track and Scaramucci might have been, might have proven to be a little bit of a distraction. That's, that's the sense that we're getting. It seems to be uh, this administration is, is trying to find its footing. Now, while, While this is going on over inside of the White House, over in Congress, it's a complete cluster, a complete and utter disaster with the Republican Party, I think, beyond a shadow of a doubt, proving it cannot govern. Now, why? There was a there was a little back and forth that was that was going on uh, on Friday. I happened to be off this show and I didn't have the Houston show to do, so I was flipping around and filling in on the Mark Levin show was uh, was a friend of the program and a good guy by the name of Dan Bongino, and Dan was a former Secret Service agent. Run for Congress a couple of times. And he started going through many of the frustrations, laments that, that I had gone through last week in the wake of John McCain's, well, tip, let's, let's call it what it is, typical behavior. Uh, Mr. McCain has made a career of being a general pain in the ass to Republicans. Not to Democrats, mind you, but to Republicans. He has the undying respect and admiration and love from from Democrats. It seems to be those are the folks he most associates with, most relates with. And I've said this before of John McCain, that if if he were in a state that was, if he resided in a state that was mostly Democrats, he himself would be a Democrat. And that's, that's just my take of a man with no moral compass, with no values. Anyway, so Dan Bongino starts talking openly about a third party. I have not done this. I've, I've asked the question. I've nibbled around the edges because I I don't know if the country could survive 
a non-unified front against uh, the the oncoming Democrat victories that would that would occur after uh, after conservatives split from about the the twenty percent of Republicans who are establishment could could they survive? Could we stand the electoral onslaught? And, my, and I'm forced to answer no. I'm forced to answer that that we would, and I don't know that the country could handle it again. I don't know that we could handle another era of Obama or somebody like him with Pelosi and Reid and, and, and Obama, that trio doing the significant damage they did to this country. That being said, how much is the Republican Party getting in the way now? The Republican Party has done very little. As a matter of fact, they've done nothing to reverse the growth of government. They've done nothing to reverse the scope of government. They've done nothing to reduce, to reduce the size and the influence of the government. Instead, what they have done is they've come up with excuse after excuse after excuse. 2010, it was, well, we can't do anything because we only have one House of Congress. We just have the House of Representatives. We can do something, but not everything. Then when they won the House, they said, well, you know, we can get bills up there to Obama, but he's not going to sign anything. We need the White House. Now that we have the White House, what is their excuse? Well, they've run out of excuses. Now, and that's why I think the Trump presidency is so vitally important. That it has revealed it, the likes of Capito. Shelley Moore Capito, the likes of, <coughs> excuse me, uh, Murkowski, the likes of John McCain. They, they no longer have anything to hide behind. John McCain, Lisa Murkowski, hell, all of them except for Susan Collins, campaigned on repealing Obamacare. Uh, we... We can go look at the campaign commercials. They're all available on YouTube, folks. They decried it. They said it was terrible for America. And when they had the chance to vote it down, nearly universally, they all said, ah, we're not going to do that. Because we don't, have a, we don't have a replacement plan yet. Well, wait a minute. Um... The, the replacement, if there's a two-year sunset, do you mean that if you were given a two-year window that you guys in Congress couldn't get the job done, John McCain? Lisa Murkowski? Is that what you're saying? Well, you know, there might be some truth to it because you guys had seven years and all you did is sit on your collective butts. And even before that, Mitch McConnell... And John and John Boehner said, we're not going to come up with an alternative to Obamacare. So the American people had no Republican alternative. And the reason why they didn't, folks, is because Obamacare was going to be look at government goodies. And they didn't want to put up a bill that said, oh, free market. They didn't want to be the grownups. 
They didn't want to tell America, sorry, you don't deserve health care paid for by somebody else. That's not an American right. That's not a right. Isn't socialism wonderful? I think the people of Venezuela would dispute that right about now. You guys seen the video coming out of out of Caracas this weekend? It's, an, it's incredibly, well, depressing and tragic. So as I'm listening to Dan Bongino openly talk about a third party, I was reminded of, you know, it was a lot of stuff that you and I brought up together last week. And what he was talking about is that you know, you've got the House, you've got the Senate, you've got the you've got the, the White House. Republicans control everything, but they can't get anything done. And why is that? And it's because the Republican Party has so watered down what it is to be a Republican. It's absolutely meaningless. I'm a Republican. What does that mean? That doesn't that doesn't define you. It, 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 you know, Lisa Murkowski is a, is a Republican. So is Ted Cruz. And I can find nothing those two agree on. Same thing with Senator Collins. She's a Republican, an alleged Republican. The hell does he and, oh, does she and uh, Mike Lee agree upon? Not much. Not anything I can find. And it's, it's like I was talking with Doc. How many of these people have the, the mental character? The, the heart to say, I'm going to legislate to empower the people, not empower the government to help the people so the people know who to vote for. And there's a difference. And when that, and the definition of help is, oh, steal money from somebody else to pay for them to get, to get healthcare or to get whatever, whatever. There's no, there's no unifying principle because the Republican Party doesn't insist on adherence to the Republican Party platform. I mean, Susan Collins, what part of the Republican Party platform does that woman actually agree with? Same thing for Murkowski or Portman or shelling more capital. What do they actually support other of, of the conservative? If you, if, if you guys read it, look at the Republican party platform. It's still largely conservative, but it's window dressing because nobody adheres to it. I shouldn't say nobody few in the party adhere to it. So there's no unifying principle. So then you got to ask yourself why vote Republican anymore? It looks good on paper, but in, in practice, it's a sham. John McCain proves what a scam the Republican Party is. And this isn't to say that the Democrat that the Democrats say what you want to about them. They're unified in harming America. They're unified in socialism. They're unified in government control over everything. They're unified in saying that government is a solution to the problems that government itself creates. They're unified. Republicans are, well, you got some Republicans who oppose that kind of thing, and you got some Republicans who are on board with the Democrats, like John McCain. Now, I used to think that a Republican was one who abhorred socialism, one who uh, 
abhorred, out of control, expensive and unaffordable government. Unaffordable government. But that was dashed to pieces in the last couple of weeks, hasn't it been? And you might say that six senators isn't a Republican Party make. But, the, but those are the only ones who went on record. How many, how many of the Republican Party are right in line with Susan Collins or John McCain? Well, we know that Lindsey Graham, Bob Corker are, even though they voted the correct way, many speculate out of necessity, they're right on board with the likes of John McCain. So, uh, I've got more on this. Let me get to a break. I'm a little long. I just looked at the clock. I'll be right back, folks. Chris Salcedo Show here on The Blaze. Hell, storms are coming. It's not just a show. It's a force of nature. Hashtag Salcedo Storm. The Chris Salcedo Show. On The Blaze Radio Network. Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Uh, some reports say that Mr. Scaramucci felt it was best to give the new chief of staff, John Kelly, a clean slate. I think that's just window dressing, folks. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, think, I guess it's possible that Scaramucci came in and said, look, I'm only going to be here for like 10 days. My job is to come in, drop a few bombs, and then leave. But I don't think that's what what happened. It transpired here. Uh, they are uh, Sarah Suck, uh, Huckabee Sanders is about ready to come out to the podium, and you know what? That's why I think we might do a second flip around, only because uh, the president's speech uh, pushed back the press briefing, and so we might be able to hit this right when we come back from the next break and hear what her explanation for this is. I'm kind of dying to hear about it myself. But as far as, it, I wonder if there is still that, that section of the whitehouse.gov page where you can make a petition. Let me offer for you guys a suggestion for a petition. At the top of the Chris Salcedo Show Facebook page, you'll see a picture of John McCain, the senior senator from Arizona. And in this post, we suggested that since John McCain had determined that we, the people, must stay on Obamacare, that we, the taxpayers, should insist this alleged public servant get his medical care from the VA. I mean, think about it, folks. John McCain has spent a career claiming to be uh, an advocate for those in the military. And of course, he sat silent while President Obama devastated the U.S. military's readiness and capability for the last eight years. He sat silent as the Veterans Administration uh, was 
basically running roughshod over and cutting right through the human tissue of our, of our nation's veterans. So if this system was good enough for our nation's veterans, shouldn't it be good enough for John McCain? No, I know he's significantly more wealthy and very well connected and a real powerful senator. But somehow, folks, I don't remember a dramatic bill to improve the Veterans Administration. John McCain valiantly making his way up to the front to where, and holding his hand in the middle of the air and giving a thumbs up to Veterans Administration reform. Somehow I don't think that happened, but it was just as dramatic when he killed Obamacare reform. Just a thought. The Chris Salcedo Show, part of Generation Blaze, only on the Blaze Radio Network.